Strive Coaching Studio, guiding business leaders to meet the highest version of themselves. And now, here's Michelle, certified coach and founder of Strive Coaching Studio. Hello to all of you amazing troopers of 2020. Yes, we are the 2020 troopers. And Happy New Year to all of you. Welcome to 2021, and let's bring on all that this new year can bring to us in every way possible. I am so happy to be here today for this podcast, and I love that I have the pleasure of ringing in this new year with you like this. As I've mentioned previously, I don't usually follow the typical expected New Year's resolution protocols. I do, however, love the idea of the fresh new year, and I love setting goals. I just find myself setting goals as they seem appropriate and then measure accordingly as it makes sense to progress and measure for that particular goal. I haven't had a specific day of the year that I've done it, at least in the past. This year feels very different for me, though, likely for you as well. I decided to take this opportunity this year to really use the new year as the perfect time for some true resolutions, and I'm really looking forward to doing it. I wanted to make this podcast different. I wanted to create today's podcast with the idea in mind that it wouldn't be a typical how to create and achieve goals lesson where I talk about some of the tips and tricks about how to do it, even though, trust me, I do love those. And I didn't want this to be about gratefulness entirely, which for which I'm definitely a big proponent, of course. I wanted this to be a hybrid, I guess on the heels of a slightly hybrid and atypical year. I don't know about you, But if you had asked me a year ago what kinds of goals I would be putting into place for myself this year going into 2021, I could have never imagined they would be the kinds that I'm actually putting into place for myself, not in a million years. So I suppose that's our first big lesson. Maybe the saying that the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry is an appropriate one for the world this year. I think that is one of the biggest takeaways of 2020 and one that I really want to take in and acknowledge. I am such a planner. I love planning. I love when a plan goes off without any hitches for sure. It is my recovering perfectionism shining through. But this year, while maybe not necessarily by my first choice, I've really come to appreciate that when plans don't go off without hitches, that they can still be wonderful. I used to make those perfectly executed plans mean that I was really good at thinking it all through, planning for the worst case scenarios, preparing all the details to ensure smoothness and perfection for everyone. And that's fine. The problem comes in when things don't go as planned. Somehow along the way, I made it mean that it was a poor reflection on me, that I had failed, or that it had something to do with my capabilities or lack thereof. That's where I was very wrong. My belief that I was capable of controlling all kinds of things and people and other circumstances that were far beyond me was not only a huge misconception, but a recipe for guaranteed self-judgment and self-criticism. It was never reasonable. Most of us are already pretty good at self-judgment and self-criticism anyway, so I'm not sure we need to be adding things outside of our control to the list of fun things to beat ourselves up about yet. I've been doing it for likely much of my lifetime, and for the most part, it has also served me. But with anything in life, we learn that balance is everything. There are pros and cons to everything. And guess what? If everything and everyone changes for you, you deny yourself the opportunity to grow. More importantly, I learned this year that when things come along that are unexpected, 
I determined that they actually came together just as they were supposed to. They many times bring things into our lives that we wouldn't have had otherwise, and they can move us in directions and toward things we didn't even know we valued or maybe forgot that we valued. We can learn, adjust, and redirect ourselves when the world puts obstacles in the way. It is actually the learning, the adjusting, and the redirecting that are exactly the gifts we were supposed to receive from the world and then give to ourselves in the process. It is certainly a part of life, and in all respects as humans, we have all the tools and power to manage through that. Many times we underestimate the power we have to be able to take in new information, analyze, and go through that readjustment process, aka change. We become focused on the aspects of change that caused us challenge, maybe made things harder, less efficient, no longer simple, all things we would have preferred didn't occur in that moment. Our brains definitely prefer the path of efficiency, simplicity, routine, and what is familiar. But our superpower as a human species is an evolution of that. And our brains have so much more capability to handle things when it doesn't go that way. And many times it is worth using those capabilities, using our superpowers to go through it for what is available to us on the other side. In so many ways, this year brought gifts that I will appreciate for the rest of my life. Time, walks and recreation with our kids that was spent so differently than times we've spent before. Conversations with them that never would have occurred in the rushed rat race world that we were all a part of prior. A slower pace that required thought and self-reflection new focus on health and the choices we made each day, reading for pleasure, creativity, new ideas and new dreams, and so on and so on. This does not mean that I'm trying to make this year about rainbows and daisies and deluding myself or attempting to delude you in any way. Many unfortunate events and circumstances occurred this past year that bring thoughts and feelings for me that cause and have caused much sadness many challenges, and even anger for me. Looking inside myself to process and question myself this past year was quite a journey, as I know it has been for many of you as well. There are friends and family whose small local businesses have suffered terribly, not having the ability to spend time with loved ones through sickness, sadness, loneliness, cancer, and even death. So please don't mistake my focus on the things I can control versus the things I couldn't to be a delusion. In the end, there are circumstances we had to maneuver through this year. And thankfully, those pains and that suffering can also be offset with plenty of rainbows and daisies too. So focusing on the things we can impact and the areas where we can continue to grow is my main intention for today's message because that has the best opportunity of serving us as we go into the next year. With all of that in mind, I have made the decision to outline a future path of goals this year that are in line with what I've learned and where I want to go with a much different approach. Here's how I plan to approach this year's goals and resolutions. Number one is specifically what I learned this year. What did you learn about yourself, about your family, about the world and about life? How did you evolve? Number two, the things I miss in my life and the things I don't. This weekend, my husband and I were talking about the holiday season and what about it we appreciate this year and what we miss. 
we decided that we miss our friends and all of the wonderful gatherings of joyfulness and celebration that come with the holiday season. We miss that part of the season and the people involved who are a part of that with us very much. The season of gathering and giving is one that is so meaningful to us. It's the time of year that reconnecting with those from all of our different worlds, past and present, are celebrated together. I'm definitely grieving the loss of those things this year, among other things, and I will absolutely be incorporating more of that next year, as we are able, with renewed appreciation for it. I don't miss the pressure and rush and race that come with the holiday season, though. The expectations of perfection in all areas, decorating, cooking, baking, gifts, outfits. Somehow we attempt to do all the things we always do the rest of the year and add all of this on top of it too. We weren't given an extra gift of a few more hours to do it each day either. So we all kill ourselves to get it all done anyway. There's always a cost involved in our lives. This doesn't mean we won't do these things at all going forward, but it does mean that taking a breath and carefully looking at what we want and how we want to accomplish it within the outline of what matters is an important consideration and worthwhile thought process. So this year, my priorities and goals will align with asking that question first and foremost. Did I miss it or not? Number three, acceptance for the way things and people are. The messages surround us in many ways and come to us from many places, acceptance. There's the serenity prayer reminding us. There are books and excerpts and podcasts that remind us, but mostly the things and the people remind us each and every day. And as I mentioned earlier, this year created such an opportunity for anyone who plans to realize this lesson and know that changing our circumstances is not within our control. So we get to decide what to do about it for ourselves to take care of ourselves and just figure it out anyway. When we continue to struggle and work so hard to change the circumstances and the people in our lives, it doesn't work. I've been trying my entire life and I still go back into my habit of thinking that it's possible to do at times. When we are attempting to change people and things to make ourselves have what we want, feel the way we want to feel, or create situations where our mind is more satisfied with the way things are going because it's easier, we're really just attempting to control others and control things. And personally, I can tell you, I don't really like it when others try to control me. And I'm guessing you likely feel the same way. Not only do people not like it, but it really doesn't work very well. And why do we think that's okay to try to make them act differently than they want to act or be a different person than who they are as an imperfectly perfect, beautiful human being, just like the rest of us? When we want to be recognized and appreciated by those we love, why can we not give them that same gift in return? that we want ourselves to receive. And most importantly, the reason to stop doing it is because we become powerless. We give the power of all of our feelings to all of those people and all of those things that we can't control. People, social media, TV, politicians, and so on and so on. And we blame them when we don't feel the way we want to feel. And since all of our actions and results in life come from how we feel, we give them and those things the power over all of our results in our lives. So for those of us who really struggle with this, I really want to point out to you that as people who want the control and power the most over our feelings, actions, and results, we actually have the least. 
because we have given it away to things outside of us that we have no control over. I continue to work through this each and every day, and I know many of us do. So in the past, I may have had something on my goals list that includes improving relationships with certain people in my life. Instead, this year, I know that I can decide to do that, whether they choose to be any different than they are right now or always have been. I may not agree with them. I may not believe the same things they do, and I can just love them anyway for who they are already, and the relationship I have with them is already going to be improved. They can keep doing the things they used to, that used to disappoint me or frustrate me, but they are who they are, and I'll just love them anyway for who they are. That doesn't mean that I have any other obligations to them at all, or that I must do anything that I don't choose to do willingly with them. It just means that I accept them and I love them. They're no longer on my goals list. And my mission to change and improve the world can begin with me and the things I choose to think and do each day. Number four, the things I value. What are the things you value most? This is the next component on my list. For me, the points of consideration are time spent on experiences, fulfillment, and purpose. Those are my categories. Time for what? How do I want to spend my time and give my days? What do I value most? The list tends to be fairly limited and simple for me once I give it thought. So it becomes very simple to outline and check things against. Brene Brown talks about letting go of exhaustion. It has been our status symbol. I'm so busy. Things are crazy right now. I'm so tired. Busyness became our status symbol. As a researcher, she found that in today's culture, where our self-worth is tied to our net worth, and we base our worthiness on our level of productivity, spending time doing purposeless activities is rare. In fact, for many of us, it sounds like an anxiety attack waiting to happen. We convince ourselves that playing is a waste of precious time. We even convince ourselves that sleep is a terrible waste of our time. The root of this exhaustion has historically been, for most of us, keeping up with all that you feel you must keep up with. The running, the working, cooking meals, carpooling activities, sports projects, the demands of life, and the demands we've put on ourselves to keep up. All because we somehow have been led to believe that we aren't enough if we don't. The rat race track that we all knew we were on but had no idea how to get off. The pit stops along the way of mini vacations during track out or school breaks, or the self-care spa getaways for a massage and facial, and the Saturday night date nights were never enough to pull us off the track. They were just the quick refuelings, water breaks, checking of the tires, and adding some oil here and there to get us back out there on the track and keep going faster and faster. They were never enough. In 2019, we were an exhausted society. In 2020, many of us, although not all of us, were pulled off that track. New ways of recreational time spent, new ways to work, new ways for our kids to learn in school, an all-new track. The things we believed we needed before may be very different now. And for those of you who worked harder than you've ever worked this past year, I know that this track has been exhausting for you too, in new and in different ways. And I'm sure that what you thought you needed became redefined this year for you as well. So I will be very mindful this year of my time being focused in the areas where I desire time for experiences, fulfillment, 
and purpose. Number five, more time for joy and creativity. As Brene Brown continued her research on exhaustion, she found that Dr. Stuart Brown says that the opposite of play is not work. The opposite of play is depression. She found that play is an essential part of our health and functioning, just as much as rest. It shapes our brain, helps us foster empathy, helps us navigate complex social groups, and is at the core of creative innovation. Not only have I not been conscious of incorporating play and fun into the busyness of the day, but I've actually found myself guilty of not liking it when others were including it within their days either, particularly when it affected my day. This year has been different. Not only have I enjoyed it, but I've recognized that it has been a necessary part of the true enjoyment for everyone each day when you have five people in the same house working, doing schoolwork, and functioning as a family. Adding play, fun, and creativity has been the saving grace of the year in our house. One week prior to the COVID lockdown, we had committed to a new puppy. We had no idea the lockdown was coming or obviously how long it was going to last. Having an accidental COVID puppy brought the very best out in each of us through that time in our household. Puppies bring out the play and the love in everyone and it couldn't have been a more perfect addition to our world. And sometimes just adding a little more fun and play in your day than you had before allows you to look for other opportunities to add more creativity into your world. Our brains love and need it. So it's no wonder that a little bit would leave our lives wanting for more of it. And incorporating it into our daily lives makes life so much more joyful and less exhausting than saving up joy to only use it for the one week family vacation per year. So my commitment this year is to create more play, more creativity, and more joy into each day. I'm so excited to pursue this new dream to grow Strive Coaching Studio, but making it fun and joyful is an absolute non-negotiable. Loving what I do and having fun while doing it is what will allow me to spread that to all the clients I have as well. Being an example of this is a top priority for me because I value the benefits of myself for myself so much. So the five points to consider when establishing goals this year for me were number one, what did I learn this year? How did I evolve? What do I have to celebrate? Number two, the things I miss and the things I don't. Number three, accepting people and things for who and what they are. Number four, the things I value most. And number five, incorporating joy and creativity. And as I outline my goals with these points and questions in mind, it will be such a wonderful process to go through the year. And when faced with new things to do, decisions to make, or choices in front of us, we can ask whether they are in line with the goals we set forth to accomplish for ourselves. Is buying something new in line with what really adds to our lives? Is saying yes to this or that bringing us joy? Or is it an obligation? Is this decision going to lead us back on the racetrack that we just left? Or is it in line with the new track that we have consciously and very deliberately chosen for our lives going forward? And finally, is this decision coming from a place where we're not feeling like we are good enough if we don't do it? Not keeping up with the status symbols? Through any fear of judgment or value in the world? Or can we make the choice from a place of knowing we're already enough and that busyness is not a status symbol? Productivity does not define our worth, 
and exhaustion is not a badge of honor. So who were you last year? What did you value and how did you spend your time going into the year? And then how did you spend your time and what did you value throughout the year? In what ways will you evolve this year? What do you want to give your time to and what do you value going into this new year? I know for me, there are some things I don't want to go back to normal since I'm not sure that everything was considered normal was necessarily good before. What a great way for us to look at life and begin to question things. I hope this message helps you as much as this process has helped me. I'm looking forward to all that 2021 can mean and bring for all of us. Happy New Year, everyone. Check out our show notes in the podcast section on strivecoachingstudio.com to read these valuable tips. And thank you for listening.